Welcome, everybody. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Alamonte Show Report. I am your host, Donnell Alamonte Morris. Before we get into this piece, first of all, I want to thank everybody. Um, I just recently checked my numbers of, of downloads. It's 114 now. 114. I want to thank each and every one of y'all who downloaded my episodes, um, listen to my episodes. Thank y'all so very, very much. The only thing y'all forgetting, you need to subscribe. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. If you already subscribed, thank you. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your dad, your side piece, whoever. And share this content. Now, let's get into the piece. And I know a lot of people have been waiting for this one. And so I'm going to start it off like this. I consider myself a progressive lefty. At one time, I used to be moderate left. And then I realized moderates don't have anything to stand on. Moderate is just riding the fence. You have no basis. You have nothing to stand on. You have no principles. You don't know where your principles are. And so thanks to a person like Bernie Sanders that really had to entomb me into what I really what I was looking for and to check my values. That's when I realized I'm really a progressive. And so things like that make you check your values, if that makes sense. But I've always been a Democrat, and I'm not ashamed to say it. But as a Democrat, I'm not one of these uh, diehards or these uh, delusional Democrats that think that whatever they do is nothing wrong. I do criticize my Democrats as much as I criticize my cowboys. So, and now it's time to dive in. But also I want to say this disclaimer too. For all my peoples out there, definitely the peoples that look like me, who says the Democrat Party is the issue and that they are destroying America. This episode is not glorifying what you're saying. And it's not even going to prove to what you're saying. This is me helping you to understand if there's an issue, understand of finding the issues and problems rather than making a generalization. Because a generalization does not answer the question. It does not spotlight a problem. So take this as me helping you to understand of identifying the problem and not just staying on the problem, but also finding the solution. So I encourage, mainly encourage you to listen to the whole episode from somebody who's been a Democrat all his life. And for those who are on the outside looking in. So now, my take. So, this has been going on for a while now. And it wasn't just this leadership. People got to understand the weakness did not just start with this leadership. This has been going on for a hot minute. This has been going on 
well beyond even the Bush years. And I'm talking about Bush Jr. People don't understand that in the middle of the 80s, when Ronald Reagan won, that the Democrats were moving more to moderate and basically trying to work across the aisle with bipartisanship and all that. So this, like I said, this just didn't happen with this administration. This has been happening for decades or been in the works for decades. Now, everybody want to talk about Bill Clinton, how great a president was before Barack Obama. He was the closest to a black president that we had, <laughs> that we had. But policies, policy-wise, uh, Clinton was moderate. Moderate and you can kind of say he was moderately right at some times, but he was mainly moderate. President Obama. President Obama was moderate. Now, to say this about President Obama, a lot of people say President Obama didn't do anything. He, he, he couldn't push any of the you know issues that he said he was going to do. But people also have to understand Look at the Congress he had to work with, where you literally had Mitch McConnell literally said that he was not going to pass anything by Obama. Yes, Obama could have made, um, he could have made executive orders. He could have done that. But then with a, with a, a controlled Congress by the Republicans, a Republican-controlled Congress, they could have sued and stop those executive orders. Y'all can look that up in civics. <laughs> look at the executive power and look at the power of Congress. Definitely it's controlled by one party. So Obama's hands were tied. It's easy to place the blame on him, but understand what he had to work with. Now, which leads to now. President Biden is very, very moderate. Moderate, I, I wouldn't say he's very, very moderate. He's conservatively moderate. For anybody, definitely people on the right that's sitting there saying that, well, he's a liberal, he's pushing all these leftist issues. He has not pushed one, one policy that me as a lefty and me as a progressive that we consider a left-wing policy. None. Even if on the surface it looked like a left policy, but in the details, because they always say devil's in the details, it's a watered-down version. You know, that juicy burger, you think this is going to be a nice, juicy burger. They've been telling you about this place. Go here, man. They got the best burgers. And you go over there and you take a bite out of it and you just realize, yo, this shit is nasty. They don't even have the meat cooked. I could get salmonella. The bacon's burnt. I mean, everything. That's the policy that y'all consider as a left-wing policy that the current administration is pushing out or attempting to push out 
to the world, to put into law. So President Biden and this administration is far, far from the left. The biggest issue with this leadership, definitely with this current administration, is it's like a flashback for me going back to the President Obama. My biggest problem that I had with President Obama was he was trying to work with Republicans way too much. He was work. He was trying to work with them way too much, and that's what I'm seeing with President Biden. He just want to try to be that one person in the party. Just not, well, not not literally the political party. I mean, like the one person in the party where he sees that everything is effed up but he's still trying to find the positive to bring everybody together. When you see a fight about to happen and you literally just saw this dude trying to hit on this other guy's woman and she'd been telling him, I got a man. Then her man finally shows up. It's like he's trying to bring everybody together and knowing that, no, nah, dude ain't having it. Other homie ain't having it neither. And he's not realizing that he's making the whole situation worse because now it's turned to a powder kid because old buddy got his boys and the other dude got his boys too. And he's making the situation worse. I'm not here to try to drag President Biden's name to ground. I am not doing that. But what I'm saying is, when you do something wrong, in the words of uh, Roland Martin, you do something good, I'm going to talk about you. You do something bad, I'm going to talk about you. But President Biden's um, decision as of late has been very senile. Has been very naive. Now, trust me, I, I vote for Biden. I'm not ashamed of that. But I knew what I did was a business decision, like I always said. I said, I'd rather for Biden to be in office to make these decisions rather than the orange one. Because as we hear in these hearings, he don't use his head that much. Very uh, dictator-esque. But with all that being said, I wasn't expecting a whole heck of a lot from Biden. I just want us to get back to normalcy, definitely with COVID. But now we're hitting into a whole nother realm that I knew was coming, but not like this. And there, are, there were times where President Biden could have stepped up and said something, could have done something. And one of them, which I knew would have actually would have helped him out in this situation, in this case, was the filibuster. He could have got rid of the filibuster. Now, I kind of understood that he said it should the filibuster should go back to the old rules. For anybody who don't know what the filibuster is, is basically 
representatives or senators holding up the time for the bill to be put into law or to be signed or to be voted on. It's basically halting, um, halting the vote. The senator or senators will basically have the whole floor, have nothing but time to just basically say the displeasure or what Ted Cruz did, read a book, a Dr. Seuss book, the whole time to hold up the vote. That's what the old filibuster was. It's basically just a long-winded, just talking, rambling to, to hold the, to stop the vote. And now they changed the rule to a vote. To where now the filibuster, you got the senators, they will talk about, they will hold the vote. They will still talk about if they're against it or for it, well, majority of the time against it. And it has to come to a 60, to a 60 vote. Hold on, let me take that back. And to stop the filibuster, it takes 60 senators to approve. To stop the filibuster. 60 votes. Meaning that whoever is the minority party have all the power. But if you kill the filibuster, with the Democrats being the party in power, now you got 50-50 Congress. When the Democrats vote 50 and the Republicans vote 50, you got the vice president, which is uh, Vice President Harris. She will come in and she will break the tie. Nine ties out of 10 will be going to the Democrats. That's how it should go. That's how it's supposed to go. But the Republicans looking, playing the long game, set it up because they knew that they was going to lose the Senate. They knew they was going to lose it. And then we got two other Democrats, which I don't even, not even Democrats, they, they freak Republicans in disguise. You got Cinema, Kirsten Cinema, and Manchin. Kirsten Cinema, who basically portrayed herself as the progressive and come to find out she's nothing but Manchin, who is in a predominantly conservative state and represent a conservative district. He is a Democrat, but a conservative Democrat. These two have single-handedly stopped the progress of this country of different policies, different freaking bills that need to go through Congress. One of them was the bill for um, the lynch, anti-lynching bill, and then the Voting Act bill. And then also the freaking uh, Reconstruction bill. Build Back America plan, which I don't know how this happened, that Manchin, Manchin, ladies and gentlemen, Manchin do not have no leadership position within the Democratic Party, literally went to the White House. He was invited to the White House to talk to Biden, 
to take off the stuff that he did not like to negotiate with the president. This man has no, he's not in no leadership or key leadership position within the Democrat Party or within the Senate. And this man is sitting with the president. Don't y'all hear anything wrong with that? That is like a freaking regular employee jumping over his manager and senior manager to talk to the district manager about what's going on at his job. Wouldn't you as a manager or as a senior manager feel disrespected? You in a key leadership position. You are the one that's supposed to be briefing to your hire. Definitely your district manager. In the military, there have never been a private jumping over his supervisor, his NCIC, or his OIC to talk to the sergeant major. Or his first sergeant. Because a good first sergeant, a good sergeant major will say this, will ask this great question. Where's your supervisor? Now, granted, all leadership has open door policies. I don't know how it works on the civilian side, but I think they probably have a little policy where, you know, we have the open door. If you need something to tell me, definitely something serious, or if it pertains to the manager or your leadership, yes, it should be an open door policy for you to talk about it. But in this case, like I said, a good leader will ask, where's your supervisor? Do your supervisor or supervisors know about this? I've never heard a sergeant major ask Steve to talk to a private about anything without notifying their supervisors, or better yet, at least having their supervisor in there, their immediate supervisor in there with them. So for Manchin to get this privilege, and literally one of the two that is stopping progress, and then Biden, President Biden, falling for it is sad and it's crazy and then cinema Chloe Hammers don't get me started on this girl she literally does not care she literally don't I see her having a future on Fox News just like that other so-called progressive Tulsi Gabbard. Unfortunately, she's a service member her damn self. Oh, my gosh. I could, mm. But not to disrespect her service. But her as a politician, she needs to stay as a service member. Because I'm getting Tulsi Gabbard vibes from cinema. But cinema makes what Tulsi Gabbard did child's play. One of the most craziest things ever. She's 
I believe Cinema is a lesbian one. Number two, she's a progressive. And if you go back to posts that she made back in the day, you would thought she was you would thought she was a, a progressive. Now, ever since she got this power, not only Manchin's doing it, she's doing it too. She has no key leadership role nor nothing. Won't even talk to the press. Because she did the press is harassing her. I think one time she was trying to avoid the press. She went to the bathroom to avoid them. Like she's the victim. Ma'am, when you do shit on Jump Street, you deserve as much as the rocks and the roses thrown at you. We need an explanation on why you voted the way you did. You did the things you did. You probably are the most hated woman in Arizona as we speak. Unless you're a conservative. They even had hidden videos of the right having these conferences sitting there saying, thank God for cinema and mansion. Now, I don't know if Biden brought, invites cinema to talk about any of these bills and policies, what she wanted to be taken out and all that stuff, but she forever going to be known as she should be put in the history of stopping progress in this country. And the Democratic Party allowed it to happen. Well, the leaders in the Democratic Party allowed it to happen. And that's on Chuck Schumer's watch, but I'm going to get to him later. I'm going to start from the top and I'm going to work my way on down. Yes, I know a lot of y'all are saying Biden can do executive order, which is correct. He should stop the filibuster, which you are correct. He should expand the court, which is correct. But first, before he does any of that, because he said no, which I'm going to get on just a little bit. He need to do a Godfather mob, mobster take here. And what I mean by that is when you have two, two of your peoples acting out of line, you need to check them. You need to invite them to the White House and tell them, I'm the president. I can basically do whatever I want. You know all that funding that you got going to West Virginia? I can stop that funding. And I can direct it to somewhere else. Oh, that infrastructure bill? Yeah, that we signed? Yeah, that infrastructure to give more money to your state? How about I cut that in half? How about I give all that money to California? You know how much California got? They would love to have some of your state's money. Oh, what about you, Cinema? You think I forgot about old Arizona? How about I cut your funding? And I move that funding all the way to Colorado. Hmm. Think I won't do it? So y'all better come to a consensus. Because if y'all not on my plan, I promise you, I will make your state suffer, one. I'm going to make your career suffer, two. We're going to drop you at the bottom of the totem pole. I will make sure that you are not on committees that makes decisions. 
or even sniff a position of power. I will do anything and everything as long as I am president to make your life a living hell until you get on board with the plan. Until you get down with the process. And that's what President Biden needs to do. Going to these organizations that have these speeches ain't cutting it, bruh. It ain't making it. It's not moving the world. It's not shaking up the world. I think now we're, we're at the point where you do these speeches, we want the action. We want you to deliver. We knew when you said these campaign promises, we knew you weren't going to meet majority of them, but at least some of them. At least the promises that is going to help this country progress in the right direction, not stall to a halt almost, or going to complete chaos. President Biden, As a service member, your son, rest his soul, thank you for his service. You think your son would have let the enemy just do whatever they want? Kill his men? Swarm up on the fob or swarm up on his squad? It just be like, oh, just one, one of them down. But you know what? They probably going to run out of ammo. Your son wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't have said that because your son knows that without his men, he's dead and vice versa. He didn't just wait until the freaking enemy was out of ammo or until they got tired or negotiate with him like, hey, you know, we can stop fighting. And No, he engaged the enemy. He engaged he came up with strategies to get the enemy, to fire at the enemy. Because that's what he was trained to do. And by you performing this and doing this, President Biden, it's a disservice to your son. And I mean that. I would never want to, if I have a son or a daughter, I would not want to disgrace, have my kids disgrace my legacy and bending over for somebody else for something I know they don't believe in, but just trying to make peace with them when they're not making peace with, with, with my kid. If they're not willing to make peace with my kid, why should they try to make peace with them? Because if they fire at my kid, my kid will fire back at them. And I'm not talking about weapons. I, I'm talking about when it comes to policies, when it comes to having their seat or just them being treated fairly and respect. Because my kids are not going to allow somebody to treat them with disrespect while my kid is giving them respect. No, that's not how this works, Jack. And President Biden... You need to do the same. Because right now the conservative right is laughing at you while you try to cater to them. Stop trying to work with these 
goddamn Republicans. They are the real Nazis. They are the real reason why this country is fucked. It was a freaking plan from the get-go when the Tea Party first came about. But then also, it was a little bit of a plan. Well, I won't say a little bit of a plan. It was a freaking snowball effect when Reagan took over. It was a snowball effect. Because y'all started to move to to being moderate. Being moderate. Definitely moderately right. It's not going to get policies done. You trying to be the man and the monkey in the middle. You're trying to bring everybody together. But listen to that other side much more. It's not going to push this country ahead. One thing I do want you to take away from the Republicans is how they win. How they get their policies passed. How they still stay in solidarity even when they fight against each other. Fighting against each other, but they're still winning the war. That's why I don't take their infighting that serious. Because when it comes down to it, they come together. Because the goal remains the same and they achieve it. While the Democratic Party falls apart, everybody got their own a different agenda, getting all this money to do nothing, getting these established Democrats, getting these corporate Democrats, rather than the people that actually are coming from the grassroots, that knows where the working man and a hardworking woman are coming from, health care, all that stuff, and you shut them out, but you still want the people that they represent to vote for y'all, and do you do nothing. As the president, as a leader, not all leaders are supposed to be loved, but also not all leaders are not supposed to be assholes neither. I want to make that point out real quick. But President Biden, it is time for you to take your left or right hand and grab between your legs and make sure you got a pair. And get everybody in the Democrat Party, mainly in your administration, straight. That if you keep being a pushover, guess what? You will always be remembered in this presidency as a pushover. Those Republicans don't give a fuck about you, no matter how much of a friend or a colleague they want to call you. They don't give two shits about you. They're laughing at you, not only behind your back, but they're laughing at you when they go on those right-leaning media. Sometimes on CNN, they're laughing at you. Because you allow all these things you could have taken care of, but you're listening to them, and they know that you're going to listen to them first, and you're falling for their tricks every time, and you're in a leadership position. And that should be disrespectful for you, too. This is beyond stepping up, uh, Mr. President. This is you realize that you are the president of the free world. That you do have powers. And you don't have to negotiate or talk to anybody if you want to use them. Think about your son. Think about what he would have done in the battlefield if it gotten this bad, this rough, 
like what you're going through right now? You think he's just going to allow it to happen? Or you think he's going to do something about it? Think about that, Mr. President. Now let's go to the leaderships in Congress, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. So let me stick with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is horrible. She's garbage. She's terrible. Nancy Pelosi, when she first took over, when President Obama first became president, she went against everything with a supermajority in the House and in the Senate, but mainly the House. She single-handedly went against Obama on almost everything, and we all just shaking our head like, yo, y'all, he's the president. I thought y'all was with the same party. She is not doing a damn thing, and it's like it's in repeat now. Ain't doing a goddamn thing. So worried about your donors, Nancy, Madam Speaker, you so worried about your donors that you forget that they are hardworking people. And those lobbies, all that money they're coming from, is from the hard works and labors of men and women. Like, what are you good for? I remember that one sister, she was running against you, and she got no votes, barely, because you played politics. And you talk to your freaking representatives like they're kids. You talk to them like kids. Now, I understand, uh, Madam Speaker, that you are up there in age, but I'll be damned if you talk to me like I'm your kid. And I just, and it's crazy how the media was spinning it about you, like, well, she would cut you. You wouldn't even know it. You, you're right. But she would be doing that behind your back, and she do it to her own people. She don't do it to the Republicans. She don't do it to people that are causing the strife and the regression of this country. Like, what are you good for? And you one of the first female women, woman speakers at the house. But you're all for women's rights and you allow the freaking Supreme Court to do what they did. You ain't go up to the president and be like, hey, president, yo, you need to codify this freaking uh, Roe v. Roe v. Wade. You need to codify. You need, we need to do something. You need to do executive order or something. Or we could push out legislation to if the overturning happens, we got this to fall back on. You could have done that. But you didn't. All these things that I'm, I was uh, criticizing President Biden on, you could have came up with legislation to back him up. You could have been like, this is what we're going to do. Could have whipped up the votes. But no, you're worried about the issues that you should have worried about when you first took the fucking seat. 
And when they overturned Roe v. Wade, you didn't mention anything about legislation, but you read a fucking poem. You read a poem. You read a poem. What is reading a poem? A poem just works just as much as protesting, does it? Because you see, after that poetry, did anything change? Did anything get better? Make it make sense, Nancy. But if y'all really, with all that fundraising that you're doing, it would be nice that you put it, the money into freaking representatives, progressive um, representatives, ones that really are grassroots and know the people, that have new ideas, new blood. You need to be putting it in their campaign. Getting your best people with them. That's what you should be doing, Nancy. You should be getting them ready. You should be working on legislation to help improve this flimping country. Now, one thing I do give you credit on what that do give you credit on? You do got the Democrat um, Democrats in the House. You you got you you got them because anytime you push out something, they all vote. I will say that. But you need to start worrying about legislation that we that we care about and working on legislation that is going to keep up with the promises that y'all said y'all was going to do. Mainly the president and pushing his agenda and not always working on the other side of those damn Republicans to water it down. You got the majority. You got the majority to keep whatever you need in that bill. Have them vote whatever they want to vote. But Nancy, it is time for you to step down. However November goes, you need to step down, and I think Jeffries is going to be your successor. Hopefully, he is a lot better than you, but I think I'm kind of worried. I'm going to be biting my tongue on that one. We'll see. He's young. He definitely got some great ideas, but we'll see. But for you, it's time for you to step down. Give up the gavel. You don't deserve it. You did the biggest disservice with it and done nothing with it. Now to Chuck Schumer. Unlike Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, you. <laughs> You're going to get the brunt of all of this because the Senate is the last resort when it comes to bills being passed, policies being passed. You go to the podium, put on your nice reading glasses, and in your, your New York accent, 
sitting here saying how much you disagree with Mitch McConnell and what the Republicans are doing, sir, do I have to remind you that you are the majority leader? It's like you forget. That's the problem with this Democrat leadership. Y'all forget that y'all in a position of power. You're not the minority uh, leader. You're the majority. And a lot of these bills being passed is on your shoulders. It is in your hands. Other than President Biden, you're in the Senate. You're the majority leader. You, sir, can stop the filibuster. You can make the filibuster go away. But you choose not to. And every time a bill don't pass, you always blame it on the Republicans, but never putting that blame on yourself as a leader, a majority leader, that you couldn't put those two that I mentioned earlier in this podcast in their place. You couldn't do it. Because of them two, progression of the Democratic agenda has failed. Other than what I said about what the president could do, you didn't yourself put those two in the office and set them straight and let them know what you can do. Strip them of power rolls. Strip them of everything. Bills that they sign off for. Make sure that those suckers never pass. Make sure that whatever they got as a privilege that you take it away. Whatever you need to do. You should be the one before the president do that. But y'all are more buddy-buddy than any damn thing. Well, we need to stay together. They're they not staying together. They're they on a whole different key. they on a whole different sheet of music than y'all. Chuck Schumer, if I had to give you a grade right now, give you a grade of how you are a leader in the Senate, I would give you an F minus. An F minus. Now, I didn't give the grades to Pelosi or, or the president. Why? It's because the buck stops with the Senate. And ladies and gentlemen, I need y'all to understand that. For everybody that blames the Democrat majority, understand civics one-on-one. When it comes to bills being finalized, it is the Senate that votes on it. And if the Senate, the dominating party, gets the votes or a tiebreaker needs to be done and it's passed, it goes to the president if he wants to sign it or veto it. And then also, stop falling for these invisible rules that Mitch McConnell 
had made when he was the majority leader. Y'all have to understand. Y'all, it's, 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 it's like a, it's like somebody making up the games to hide and go seek. But now that you're the one that's running the game, you're still following their rules. You're still following their rules. How does that work? If anybody have a position of power, your goal is to demolish whatever rules that was there from the last administration or for the last person. Or keep the rules that you like, but the rest are yours to make up. For you to put in. And Chuck Schumer is failing to understand that. Republicans are not in control. You are. You are. And so many bills came over there to you, Chuck. And by two votes from the Democrat Party, it failed to pass. Because the same two people, and you never addressed them, you never pull them to a side, and check them. The buck stops with you. It stops with you. And also I blame you also for allowing all these justices being taken in by the Republicans. You didn't do much. You as much as fault as the president. Chuck Schumer, just like Nancy Pelosi, y'all need to step down. Y'all are doing a horrible job. I don't even think y'all are even doing your job for me to even say that's horrible. But Chuck, the buck stops with you and the weight is majority on you. How can you sleep at night? How, how can you consider yourself a leader when you don't check the people that are stopping your bills from going in? Or having somebody that is under you be invited or go to the freaking White House to discuss a bill where you should be the one going there negotiating with the president with how the bill should look, what should be added, what should be put in, what should be taken away. Not one of your constituents that's just a voting member. So we have to understand when you talk about the Democratic Party, two things. Generalizing it is not the problem. It's not saying the problem, I mean. And two, you have to understand Who's in the leadership role to make things happen? Who are the key leaders? Because you can't sit there and just say, well, you know, 
Ford suck. Ford is a horrible company. Okay, what makes it horrible? Give me the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how. If you can't give me that, a generalization does not give you an argument. That's a complaint. That's just giving you a complaint. I want to say complaint. That's giving you a gripe. It's just all it is. It's a gripe. You have to understand the workings of who is the key, who's in key leadership's roles, who's actually the movers and shakers within the party. Because I'm going to prove it to you like this too. When a company's going great, you want to know who's uh, the leaders and who's actually making it happen, right? Who's the president? Who's the vice president? Who's the senior manager? Who's the manager? Who's the employee? Who is doing the great work? You just can't say a whole organization is doing great. They want to know who, why, what. Who, what, who, what, where, when, why, and how is doing so well. The devil's in the details. So if we could do that when a, when a party's doing good, we can also do it when a party goes bad or doing bad. Who did this? Like, I'm going I'm to help y'all out for who like to generalize things. You generalize the Democrat Party. If your kid, if you have a kid, if your kid come back home from school crying, got a black eye, what's the first thought that come in your head? You'll be like, who did this? It's not, oh, the school. It's the school's fault. The school did it. No. The first thing you're saying, who did it? Who did it? Why they did it? Like my mom would do. She would get my ass in the car. We both driving up to the school. And we storming up in that school of whoever teacher or go to the principal and be like, this what happened to my son. This is what he told me. Son, tell him. And that's where you get the who, the what, the why, and the how. So the same way in that situation, when it's one of your kids coming from school, coming out of a fight or looking like Bennett and who, who, who did it, you should be doing the same thing with the Democratic Party rather than saying that the Democrat Party sucked and they're not doing anything. Your first question is, who is allowing this to do it? And I'm already going to tell you, you can't always blame the president. For y'all, for anybody who blames everybody, uh, everybody who wants to blame the president, this is what y'all need to do. Look up executive. Look up legislative. Look up judicial. Look up those branches and see what their powers are. Because the president is in the executive. Why you think executive orders? Why they call it executive orders? Because he's in an executive position. Legislative. That's Congress. That is the House of Representatives. That is the Senate. They are the ones that makes the laws and policies. 
They make it, and then they pass it, i.e. the Senate. Well, as well as the House. They gotta, they come up with the bill and the policy, and they pass it, and they go to, um, go to, to the Senate, and then they pass it, which goes up to the president. Judicial, we heard a lot about them, the Supreme Court. They supposed to be the balance between executive and Congress, that the president is not going out of his power, basically, on the in street terms, not going into somebody else's lane or going outside his lane of his powers, as well as Congress staying in their lane and that they're not going over the lane into somebody else's. That's what the Supreme Court's supposed to do. Supreme Court should not supposed to, uh, all the stuff they're doing, they're not supposed to do that. They're not supposed to do that. If they see what Congress is trying to pass, they're the ones that said that it's unconstitutional or they allow it, as well as for the president. They are bipartisan. They're supposed to be the ones that keep everything balanced. That's what the Supreme Court is supposed to be. Not them taking on all these cases like Roe v. Wade because Congress was pushing it and they got their own biases with it. That's not what you're supposed to do. The Supreme Court should not be or run as an entity of its own. It's supposed to be fair and impartial when it comes to the executive branch and the legislative branch. So that is your civics one-on-one, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to go off the handles about the Democratic Party, because I, I kind of defended them there, with, y'all, with helping y'all understand civics and understand government, Still, they got a lot of things that they need to fix. And it starts with the leadership. It also starts with cinema and mansion. So for all y'all haters out there, when it comes to the Democratic Party, all that stuff, that's the issues with the Democratic Party. That's. It's their leadership. Which y'all already know their names. But enough about the haters. But for the people who barely even understand politics and still blame the Democrat Party, those are the people that you should be complaining about. These are the people that you should be calling and telling them you're fucking America. It's time for you to straighten yourselves, unfuck yourselves. That's what y'all should be doing. Now y'all know why the Democrat Party is messed up as it is. It's their leadership. So don't generalize the Democratic Party because, like I said, that's only just a gripe. And that's just also saying that you don't know much. And if you continue to blame President Biden because he only can do so much, then, yeah, you definitely are off. Because he don't make the laws. He just signs them into law. Vetoes them. Or he can make an executive decision. But with me saying that, is not taking away of the unsatisfactory of a job that he's doing.
But as I'm about to conclude this piece, I want to say this. November, ladies and gentlemen, November is going to be what's going to decide this country for the next 20 years. This November, vet your politicians. See what values they have. See their voting record if they even have any. If they coming from the grassroots, see what they are all about. Be active. And I'm not trying to get y'all to vote Democrat. No, I'm even talking to Republicans out there. Vet your politicians. See if they match your values. See their track record. See what they're all about. Question the hell out of them. You got enough time because November is coming. And this is going to be the important thing that you have to do for the rest of your life. Now, people say just go out there and vote. No, that's just part of it. Vetting the politicians that are running, the candidates that are running. Vet the hell out of them. You could do it two times, three times, a hundred times. As long as you vet them to the fact that you are satisfied that you're not or will vote for them. You have enough time. You got July, August, September, November. You got three months. July, August, September, October. Sorry, sorry about that. October. You got you got four months. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My country buckingness came out. You got four months. Enough time. Get political. Get political. You got no choice now. I don't want to get political. Get political. Because guess what? Somebody out there is being political. And they're pushing for their candidates to win. And it could be the candidate that you don't like. Or even the ones you do like. Get political. Because if you don't get political, somebody else will. And they're probably going to be the ones deciding if what you can and can't do. And then you're going to realize it's too late. Now all of a sudden you want to be political. And it wouldn't even matter. So get political. Bet your candidates. And that will do it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, downloading and listening to the show. Once again, please share this with your friends. And also, don't forget to subscribe, 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 subscribe to the Alamonte Show Report. I love y'all. Y'all take it easy. Y'all have a good one. Till the next one. I've been your host, Donna Alamonte Morris. Y'all have a good one.